welcome to episode 10 of HR Unplugged. Today, we're talking about how to boost your company performance by developing and communicating your company vision. We're going to get into why engagement matters and a few variables that are all interconnected, vision, engagement, and performance. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's dive in. Well, let's go ahead and get started. We're back again today with an episode of HR Unplugged. We are also on two platforms now. We're on Apple and Spotify. So be sure to check out our previous episodes there. And with that, we're going to kick off today's topic and start with why engagement matters. I'm excited to be here with my incredible co-host, Vanessa. And Vanessa, tell us why engagement matters. Thank you, Anita. Yes, I am so excited about this topic because I feel like in the HR realm, this is the topic. It gets brought up all the time. And today we're going to really be talking about a few variables that are all interconnected, uh, vision, engagement, and performance. And before we really dive deeper into it, I think it's always really helpful to define our topic and look into the why behind us addressing it. And so Anita, can you set the table by explaining how vision, engagement, and performance are related and why we should focus on them? Yeah, thanks, Vanessa. So if you're new to HR Unplugged, we always start every segment with the mission, the vision, and the values of the organization. Think of it like an Oreo. Mission, vision, values is one of the chocolate cookie sides that we love. The the white cream goodness that you just want to lick out of the middle is whatever topic it is. Today, that's engagement. And the other side of the Oreo for us is always performance. And so you can count on us to start and end every episode with those bookends. And so anything that we ship as an HR team needs to be tied to reinforcing mission, vision, and values of our organization and driving performance in the business. So if we take that into data, 80% of overperforming companies link everything they do to purpose. So this is a great metric for us to kind of focus on. And we know that we provide like a clear vision with an ongoing task. It brings meaning to it. And humans love their association with meaning. Humans love to be connected to something bigger. And like, as we were talking about this, we just feel that engagement is such an incredible component that we needed to add into this life series as we've gone through so many things and so many topics. And really we're doing all this to drive engagement and drive performance in our organization. So I'm excited to chat through this with y'all today. Thank you. And I think I think now I need like a poster of the Oreo cookie and the I, breakdown as like my motivational poster on my wall. <laughs> maybe we just need Oreos as snacks, right? What's your favorite Oreo dessert? Ever anybody have one? Like, is it the Oreo cookies and cream? I make a really great Oreo ice cream actually from scratch. That's super good. I'll have to bring in. You you've just gone up in so many brownie points today. I mean, I trust people that love Oreo cookies and now you mix Oreo cookies and ice cream. That's like the best combination. <laughs> That's why I, I struggle a little bit with this HR buzzword of engagement, because I do feel like people define it in so many different ways. Right. So to me, it's like how people willingly engage in the work 
right? Like willing is a key part, right? They're not quiet quitters. They're not phoning it in, pick whatever analogy you like, but they are like actively there because they love doing the work. It's the kind of thing I always think about it, Vanessa. I don't know how you think about it, but like when it pulls me into it, right? Like last night I had so much to do. It was 1030, but I wanted to keep doing it, right? Like it wasn't like this thing of like, I have to do that tonight. It's like, I'm excited to do it tonight. I mean, I don't want to do that every night, but I feel really lucky that I get to work on things that pull me in versus things I want to pull away from. Yeah. And I, I love that because it, it even, even the definition gets haywire. Like people think of employee satisfaction as engagement, but really employee satisfaction and employee engagement are two separate things. And the engagement piece is really that it's the mutual agreement. So it's, it's really expectations versus agreements. And if anybody is kind of confused what I'm, I'm saying, I, like any normal human, I have cravings. If I don't get my chocolate custard with peanut butter syrup mixed in and I get a burger instead, like my satisfaction is not met. Like I'm so, I don't know about this custard obsession. Where is this custard and how do I not know about this? And where do you get it? So Culver's Culver's and about this place. Yeah. And, and they, this is the only thing I order and I'm shocked that I'm not called a regular there yet. And But that's what I get. And if I don't get that, I get some random, let's just say some other industry shake. And it's just, it doesn't meet my satisfaction level. Even if my satisfaction's met, like there's no agreement there. There's no, like it's, it's an, so when you go to the agreement piece, it's the engagement is it's a mutual agreement between the person and the company. And um, it drives that motivation together. It it definitely does. And here's another statistic for us from Gallup, one of my favorite research organization, shows that just a 10% improvement in employees' connection with the mission or the purpose of the organization leads to an 8% decrease in turnover and a 4% increase in profitability. So I think however you choose to define engagement, there's a way to tie it to either turnover, profitability, um, general sense of purpose and what they're doing, because that's the art of what we have to do right now, right? We're, we're, we're in an interesting time where we've gone from this over-competitive market, right? Where everybody's just plucking talent from everywhere, overpaying, even though skills didn't get that much better. Everybody just makes more money. And now we're in this softening market where we're seeing companies experience layoffs and tightening down on hiring. And no matter whether you're in incredible growth or incredible retraction, you have to focus on the people that are delivering the most value. And the reason they deliver the most value to the organization is because of their connection with the mission and the work to be done. So I think that's like how we want to center our conversation for today is like, how do you connect people to the work? So it pulls them in and has them bring their best self to it. So let's, let's, let's center it around there a little bit today. What do you think, Vanessa? I love that. And, and kind of diving that direction as well as like measuring. So measuring that engagement. So we, we've established kind of why high employee engagement is important and agree that it's something we want to cultivate. And so what's the first thing leaders in an organization should do once they're ready to start addressing and improving engagement on their team? 
So the first thing is, like we talked about, let's define what engagement means for your organization. Let's define how it supports the mission. So maybe you're getting ready to roll out. You're going from a single product to multi-product, right? Let's say you've just done an acquisition, and so you're integrating a new team into the existing team, and you want to build unification, right? Decide what you're doing and how it ties to that strategy. That's the first part of all, all things that we focus on in our Oreo. And then from there, I always believe that performance is the ultimate measure of success, right? Like if you have people that really love a place, but the business isn't performing, right? So when I say business performing, I'm thinking about top line growth and profitability. I think both of those are important, um, especially going into like, um, I, I actually believe it in growth or in recession. So top line growth and profitability um, you know, you want the engagement to be boosting both of those things and then decide which engagement signals are most important to reaching your mission goals and then go apart finding a way to measure those. Right. So I think there's a few ways that you can look at it. One of them is do they say that they're proud to be at your organization? This is an easy question. Am I proud to be at organization Oreo? Yes or no. Right. Do I feel like I can grow? at this team for the next two years. I still believe that people should stay at organizations for two years if it's a if it's a good environment and meeting their overall goals. Like they need to stay there so that they can, because I think it takes probably, like I've been at Bamboo now, what Vanessa, like seven months. And I feel like I'm finally like getting into the rhythm, right? I've, I'm learning the business. I'm still building relationships, but finally getting into rhythm. It takes some time to really do that. So to have true impact, I think two years is the time you look at it. And then do I feel like I can strive? Do I feel like this organization is a place where I can build my career and learn and do new things? So those are three ways I like you know, measuring engagement. And then I also like, do I feel like I belong? Like, do I feel like this is a tribe that I want to be a part of that appreciates, you know, what I bring to the table in the context of the mission? And there's other people that are committed to that mission with me. So there's there's some ideas for us we can play with on measurement. And well, and as we start measuring that engagement, we're naturally going to look for for things that are really impacting it for for better or for worse. So let's get a pulse from the audience. I'd love to hear from all of you and just kind of open ended question, which which factors have the greatest positive or negative impact on engagement at your organization? I'm interested to see what people say. Yeah, well, tell us the things not to do as well as the things to do. We learn, we learn from both. Fun and challenging work. Oh my goodness, I love this one. I really believe that engagement for me comes from doing hard things with people I really enjoy. Uh, I think that is a big one for sure. Recognition, such great things here. Leadership, trust. Yes, gossip will definitely drive you in the other direction. Role clarity, super, super important. You know, I was looking at some data from an organization that's really looking at productivity data. And it seems like role clarity, if you look at turnover in the first year of employment, there's a lot of companies that are turning over people, Vanessa, in the first six to nine months of when they've joined. 
And, you know, you and I've talked about this, especially with your role, you know, being in recruiting, I'm curious how you see it, but I really think that under 12 months of turnover is, is something that we need to work on from the recruiting standpoint. And that's what this data set actually led to is that the people that left these roles felt like what they signed up for wasn't what they, what they were sold in the recruiting process. Isn't that interesting? And I think that definitely drives poor engagement in the organization and for that person. Yeah. And I mean, that's a good point because it's really, you have to have that alignment as a team between recruiting and management, company expectations. What are the outcomes you're striving for? And is it the entire hiring team on board with that and know exactly what that ideal candidate profile looks like so that you do create success? Because when you don't, that costs so much. So much. I love this example here. Um, Many of our staff are not strong English language speakers. We're going to talk about this tomorrow in our Out in the Field episode. You know, especially we love having global teams, right? It leads to a greater talent pool. It leads to great, you know, diversity in our workforce and different perspectives. And if we're not able to strongly communicate, we're not building that into one of our, you know, kind of cultural norm patterns. It can really take away from it as well. So, you know, what type of tools are available with that to help people communicate across, you know, cultural differences, across language differences, and definitely this one on communication, clarity of role and responsibilities, lack of support from executive micromanagement, lack of direction. So it looks like there, Cynthia gives us some pros and cons of all things that we need to focus on. You know, you can't underestimate, I'm a big fan of communication and a lot of us haven't had internal communication resources. So I'm a big fan that if you don't have somebody inside your organization that's a genius at communication, you as an HR leader need to adopt a skill set in that, grow in your skill set of being an exceptional communicator around mission, vision, values, and how the things that happen in the organization drive to those outcomes, right? So there isn't a message that goes out to Bangooligans that I don't want to have my hands on. I want to be taking the message that goes out to the customer, and I want to be tying that same message into our team member base. Right. Like when the recession started, one of the things that we did to help drive engagement in our plan was we went out to our customers and we said, hey, you know, choose bamboo because we're going to be here. We were started in a recession. We've been through a recession. We're we're still going to be here. And we took that same message out to our team members and we said, hey, we were started in a recession and we're still going to be here. You know, we want you to stay and cultivate your career. We want our bamboo agains to retire here. So it's a great way as you think about building and creating your engagement plan. The internal communications is a piece that has to be done. And like Pat Lencioni says, you have to communicate, over-communicate, and go with it again. It's why mission, vision, and values and performance are always the pillars of this HR Unplugged podcast. Yeah, it definitely drives that that mutual connection to those things and uh, keeping everybody connected and also getting rid of possible lines of lack of communication where you have then a group of people that become disengaged because they've told themselves a story that isn't true. It's so true. That's exactly it, right? Like, I love that movie. What is it? The American President with Michael Douglas. It's an oldie, but a goodie, right? And there's a part in it that's so transformational where somebody gives him advice and says, like, if you don't speak to the people, they'll make up their own stories. 
And so if you're not constantly out there sharing the mission and the vision, people will make up their own story. And that can oftentimes, we saw this during the pandemic in 2020 with all the social unrest that was happening. We ended up going at that time, this was a previous life I was in, we did weekly town halls because we noticed that most people were getting their information around the pandemic directly from our organization, right? They felt like it was too hard to capture from all the news sources out there and everyone's own agenda. They wanted to understand how our organization was taking that information and, and moving the organization forward as being like their community. So another, another way to think about engagement and communication and making sure that people don't kind of create their own stories in it. I love that. Well, Anita, now that we've really determined how we're going to me measure success, like what what is that next step? Yeah, how do we how do we create an engagement plan? So once we've decided, right, what is engagement for our organization? So I'm backing us up. What is engagement? Why does it matter? How are we going to measure it? We can't just like we have to we have to build a plan to about how we're actually going to roll it out. So there's a number of ways that you can do this. So if we go back to the example of, hey, we we want everybody to um, like I, I'm just thinking about it. Right. Because Bamboo just acquired Welcome. Right. So we've got, you know, 30 new Welcome team members and we're right in the middle of this integration right now. So we want Bambooligans to be engaged and we want Welcome team members to be engaged. And we want to be centered around our combined mission now, setting people free to do great work. Right. So um, if we think about an engagement plan, we're sharing with the company what is happening with the two organizations. We're creating the product roadmap. Our customers have been asking about it a lot. We have an integration team that meets and a steering committee that also meets to talk about all the different parts and pieces. We actually use our own bamboo well-being survey to kind of measure engagement of how the welcome team is doing. You know, are they getting on track with what it's like to be a bamboo again? Do they feel like they know who to go to for what? We actually, as part of our engagement plan, um, we flew every, every welcome team member out to Utah so that they could just put a face with a name, right? They could just be able to see face-to-face -face so that when they got back on Zoom, because all of welcome is remote all over North America. And when they got back, they would be like, oh, Vanessa, I see you now on Zoom, but we have this great relationship and we ate custard together and it was this amazing experience. You know, so then they, they had a kind of a touch point and we did that early on. And so there's a number of different things, but we're tracking success around how they're feeling. Do they feel like they have role clarity? This is an important one. Do they feel like they understand the mission that they're on and how the products are coming together? So there's a number of examples there of how you can take, right, we are bringing welcome in because it's part of our mission to set people free to do great work. And here are all the different pieces that we're going to engage in over the next year. Right. So it's not a month. It's not a week. It's not a quarter. It's actually 12 months of implementation. And we're going to measure and track our progress all the way through that from from revenue to adoption to the number of calls, you know, that our sales teams taking how we're going to do it for our own bambooligans. That's been a big topic for me as I was like, I want to use this process for our own market merit bonus process that we're getting ready to go through here in Q4 and Q1 for bamboo. So there's a lot of things happening here that will go over the whole year. And that's just one example of using an acquisition to create an engagement plan. 
Well, and I love one of the things that you had mentioned in there that sometimes gets forgotten is the importance of, of connection and like flying the, the welcome team out. It was really cool for, for me. I I'm going to share experience because I I was able to meet some of these individuals and got to sit down with them. And I learned about pizza rats in New York. I I was like, what is that? (laughs) Tell everybody, tell everybody. Apparently there there's, there's big rats in New York and sometimes you'll see them running around with a pizza slice in the subway. And it was, it was this super fun notion to even think about it. And it was just fun to kind of hear uh, where, where they were coming from and learning about Utah and then talking about the two companies. And, and so now if I ever see anybody from the welcome team, I'm going to say, Hey, can we talk about the pizza rats? And (laughs) (laughs) that's so gross. It kind of just reminds me though, one of my favorite um, that's accurate. New York City in a nutshell. Thanks, Paulina. That's hilarious. It reminds me of, of Ratatouille, though. That's what it is. So I want to believe that rats are good, but that sounds nasty. Yeah, I'd want to know if any one of them can can actually cook, but they obviously have a good palate. I, I hope they got like the the right type of pizza. So I hope so. I hope so. Oh, that that's hilarious. Okay, we've got to watch YouTube Pizza Rat. But, you know, to your to your point, though, Vanessa, you would not have had the pizza rat conversation if you weren't in person with them. And that's why, you know, we talked in our last episode about hybrid and what's happening, you know, with like, are we remote? Are we in person? And I don't know about y'all, but there would not be a pizza rat if you weren't in person. Right. You and I aren't going to get on these calls outside of HR Unplugged and talk about custard and pizza rats and Oreos and hair care tips and makeup tips. Right. To me, all of those conversations are engagement driving conversations that build relationships and connection that you would not have otherwise. And so, you know, think about that as part of your way of you integrating your engagement plan into your communications of all the fun things that you can do around it. Right. And how do you create? I think, you know, it was um, some large tech company that that couched it as casual collisions where you would just be able to meet with people and have these conversations like at two o'clock. If people are in the office, I'm usually going to get a cup of tea and skinny pop. Right. So that's why I know everybody's like anti the snack wall. But the snack wall actually drives drives great engagement for me. And I'm able to meet with team members Um, And have relationships with people that I don't interact with in a normal cadence, because right now your Zoom cadence in your calendar is directly correlated to the people in your workflow. And what I want to create is engagement with people outside of my workflow. And I think for anyone in HR and recruiting, it's, 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 it's paramount. It's super important. Yeah. It's like the, the rope analogy over time, you're building that rope. And every time you talk to one person, you're building a string between the, between the two of you. And the more and more you have, the stronger that rope is and the stronger that engagement and internal connections that you have within your company. I love that. I've not heard that analogy. That's a really good one. I may have made it up, but I mean, (laughs) we make up good things. I like it, but I think it's really true. Right. Because if you're kind of sewing it together, it's like a thread of a great Afghan, right, where you're all interconnected. And sometimes, you know, through the last two years, we've forgotten that. And that's why we had to have engagement as part of HR Unplugged this week, because I think it's something that we all say that we want and we have to be so much more intentional about. I mean, I've been struggling with it this week to get my meetings organized in a way that I can come in and have all my meetings in person has been really hard. 
I've had, I've had a week that's just going to get really messed up of where I was supposed to be in person tomorrow. Now I'm going to be remote, but I've got these in-person events planned. So it's like, how do I put it together? Right. Um, and we're going to have some hiccups and we've got to laugh about it. We've got to keep it up light and direct and know that we're driving connection in every way that we can in the most meaningful ways that we can knowing that we're going to learn and get better all the time. I love that. That's a, that's a good way to put all of that together in just one big happy cake. <laughs> I think food is on the mind now. So for sure. for sure. So much. So now that we have the metrics and we have the plan, how can HR get the rest of the company on board and begin working towards improved engagement and performance as a team? Yeah, I love this. And so I want to share an example. And Vanessa, jump in here too, because you saw a lot of this here at Bamboo. But I want to use a case study from 2022 um, because, you know, improving engagement we found was really important to us in the year 2022 coming out of 2020 and 2021. And so I can't, I don't take any credit for this. I pass it all over to our wonderful marketing team and, and Amy Frampton. And the idea of kind of picking a theme for 2022 um, that we did in our strategy planning a year ago. So it's September, October, probably all of you are in annual planning of some sort. So a year ago, we said, what do we need in 2022 to drive performance in the business? And that was the kind of conversation. And we'd gone through and we we created our top level OKRs and we knew exactly what the business needed to do. And we kind of said, if we picked a theme and put a theme around all of this that would really help, um, we picked the word connected. Is there any other context you would add to that, Vanessa, that you remember when kind of all of that emerged at the end of 2021? Yeah, it was, you know, connected is just such a strong word of creating that belonging and value for everybody. And as soon as you feel that, you feel that connection to to drive and really build impact towards the company. And it it was a very exciting theme to come about because it's uh it <laughs> I'm just gonna put a a plug in of it's almost like PandaCon. Like it's instead of Comic-Con, it's PandaCon. It's all these pandas, bambooligans getting to connect together and connecting. And this is the year of PandaCon. Uh, <laughs> I did make this one up. So I will take credit for this. <laughs> I think we have to do this one. I think we need PandaCon. Thank you. And and I got, I see some fire and some hearts. So thank you. Yes. <laughs> but, but, it, but it's so true. It's, it's really cool because those KRs, I saw a lot of people from different departments and organizations getting together. You have your driver and your group of people that never get to work together, driving towards these OKRs and initiatives. And for me and my, in my personal experience, being a part of some of those things, it really drove me to be, I was so driven and motivated. Like I'm making an impact. This might be something small compared to like the mini OKRs and things happening right now, but I'm making a difference because this is like an initiative that we've all agreed to. And it's going to be really exciting to see what comes from it. And I think the, the big, the biggest excitement was seeing the, the connection uh, mm -hmm. itself with like Slack channels, because people were able to build out all these different community communities uh, within bamboo, like we've got a channel for, for trashy TV, like there's or yep. L <laughs> a trashy TV channel is it, it, and the bachelorette there's, there's uh Lord of the rings channel. There's rings, you know, the, the rings of power, 
we have so many different groups connecting and so many different conversations happening or or travel tips and it's been fun to see people interact that would never interact otherwise and it just creates this inclusive constant connecting type of environment where you feel uh interconnected even just virtually if you can't come in office and so it's it's really cool yeah and so um let this is a great add-on to this i love all these examples vanessa billy asks how do you connect all these people on zoom parties or after work and it's been a combination of all those things and on slack so let me kind of lay out some of the things that we've done um, and so, cause it, it is hard, right? You know, Megan spells out, would love any tips on engagement for a team that would have a very dense work day without much time at all for small conversation or personally chatting. And I guess I would just love to push on that a little bit that I think, you know, if it's a very dense work day, I'd love to have you just consider how do you bring some lightness into the density and have an opportunity if it's just five minutes to do a post in the connected Slack channel, if we use that that example. So, you know, kind of like, you know, again, Vanessa's explaining how our 2022 theme was connected for Bamboo. So here are some things that, that we do. Every Monday, one of our leaders does a three-minute soapbox on a connected story. We had Joe Donaldson, who's our head of engineering. He's an amazing human. He actually wrote a song and sang about connected and bamboo. Like it was amazing, right? We've had people tell stories about, you know, uh, Justin Jett, our CFO, told a story about just keep on pedaling. Um, and he told all of his horrific stories about mountain biking and how, you know, he just had a bunch of challenges with his mountain bike. Um, can, yeah, Soapbox is, is a, as a SaaS product, where you can create videos just with your own camera and you can push them out to the organization. It's really great. Uh, I've, I've used it for the first time here at Bamboo. And so if you look up, it's on Wistia, W-I-S-T-I-A. We can post it in the Slack channel and it's a product called Soapbox. And so you can create your own three-minute videos to send out. I think they're super effective um, that you can use for people no matter what kind of work they're doing, desk work or if they're out in the field, right? You could do a video and say, hey, before you get in the car to drive to see a customer, watch this video today. Here's your three-minute inspiring message from your CEO or a leader at the organization. And what it's done, uh, yes, corporate TikTok, yes. And what it's done is it's allowed people to get to know each other across, you know, time zone, across geography. And just in three minutes, you're giving a little bit personal of yourself um, into the company. So I shared how my husband's passion is rugby and a story about the All Blacks in New Zealand. And so you kind of share something and it happens every Monday at nine o'clock. So that's that's one way that we've worked to stay connected. Um, we have a connected Slack channel, like Vanessa talked about, where people are posting different ways that they're staying connected. Plus they have all these fun Slack channels as well, where they talk about things that they're connected about. But my favorite one, I don't know about you for Vanessa, was the one that was the fitness month. What was that one called again? I don't, it was, I don't remember what we called it, but it was for well-being. It was in the summer and we said, hey, we're all, we all got these water bottles. That's why I have it on every call. This is our, our logo. So we have connected on the swag and I've got socks. So I got water bottle and socks. 
and we shipped them out to every team member. And we'd basically say, hey, when you drink like 32 ounces of water, take a picture of yourself and post it in the Slack channel. So it was about health and wellness in the summer. And then it was all about exercise too. So we had virtual yoga and it would be a bamboo again that would teach a yoga class to people who ever wanted to come. Um, we would just take pictures of ourselves if we were in a meeting all in our squares and take a picture with our water bottle to show that we are staying hydrated through the day. And that was a whole month of those um, those examples. And then we nominated somebody for the best well-being example at Bamboo and they won a gift card or an award. And um, it was it was super fun. Yes, thank you. Warrior of Wellness competition. And so, you know, I, I wanted to give you some examples of like when you have a goal of connection and building relationships, getting people back together in a time where, you know, you might have had some turnover, you've hired some new people, people don't get to meet face to face all the time. How do you build other things throughout the year um, to build and drive engagement that will drive performance in the business? Is there anything else that you would add to that, Vanessa, some of your favorite moments from the Warrior of Wellness competition? It was, I think one of my favorite moments was we all jumped onto a meeting, I think with HR and uh, everyone was, somebody asked, I think it was you, Anita, that said, hey, so how's everybody doing with uh, drinking their water today? And I I was in the middle of a road trip and I said, I wouldn't know all I've been drinking is caffeine today. <laughs> That's right. That's right. No judgment. No judgment. Yeah, you don't really know what's in the water bottle. For some of you, because it is Oktoberfest, it could be other other beverages of choice. You never know. You know, I love I love this question in the chat too, is how do we keep 10-year team members engaged? And this is something that, you know, I'm really glad that you brought up because statistically, the longer your team members are with you, the less engaged they become. I've seen this ever at every organization. So that cohort of the most tenured team members always becomes less engaged over time. So some ways that I love to engage my most tenured team members is, especially as an HR leader, is make them my truth tellers. So I purposely go and create relationships one-on-one -on -one with them and say, hey, tell me how you see this. We're getting ready to do this. Um, we just did, you know, big internal announcement in September, and we took all of our tenured team members and we brought them in and we had them there for the announcement in person, and we gave them time with our founders for that. So I think any way that you can keep them connected to the changes that are happening in the business, you will therefore keep them engaged. And I do think there's a different strategy for tenured team members versus new team members, right? New team members are always at the top of the pyramid. They're up and to the right. They're super happy to be there, you know, and then it'll decrease over time. So having something, you know, through your onboarding for new team members, for people that are in that one to two year zone and, you know, they're done ramping and they're kind of finding their place, maybe looking for their next promotion or role at the organization. And then you have your people that are really keeping the lights on, keeping your organization running, driving deep connections with your products and your customers, really connecting with them about what's happening with overall strategy and what their input is to it. It seems to be where the value is created in those relationships. I like that your response to that, because I, I think about uh, there. I don't remember the YouTube video I watched, but it was it was talking about actively disengaged people can sometimes spiral out the engaged people and it can just spiral out an entire team. You know, I'm glad that you brought this up because, you know, when you have that going on, 
what is it? One bad apple spoils the bunch. And I believe that. And I've had to have conversations before that go kind of like, Hey, Vanessa, you just, you just occur to me as really unhappy at bamboo right now. You know, how are you doing? What's going on and calling it out, naming it and having them describe, you know, a question. It takes a lot of courage to ask this question. You know, what is it like for you to work on my team? What is it like for you to have me as your HR leader, right? Like if you if you have the courage to ask some of those questions, I'll tell you, asking those questions for me have been some of the greatest growth moments in my career because you really learn, especially if you help people and you say, in our next one-on-one, I want you to come in a week with all the things that you love and loathe about our working relationship. And I really genuinely want to learn because I want to be better for you. And so from that place, you can either create something that is a go forward motion or, you know, especially with tenured team members where they'll say, hey, you know, maybe we still want to be at a small startup in Utah. We want to be in a place where we're still connecting with the founders on a daily basis. And it's like, hey, that's awesome. And that's not bamboo anymore. Right. So we want you to be here and we want you to continue to drive impact. But if you really, you know, value those relationships and higher impact at a smaller size startup, how can I help you go do that? Because at the end of the day, I'm committed to you as a human and I want you to be happy. And I'd love that to be here at Bamboo. And if that's not working for you anymore, let's figure out what works. Right. But I think oftentimes we're afraid to get into the depths of those conversations. So you really figure out what's happening, but it's in that place that you can really make a difference and drive engagement up by not just having people that are cynical or passive aggressive in the initiatives that are happening, because that will drive an organization down and it will kill performance. It'll kill your customer relationships. Yeah, that's a that's a really important skill that you're talking about that I think is really important for the HR community because just calling things out like that, um, it's it I just think that's really important because even just how we're being perceived by our teams is super important because we might think that we're we're looking in the mirror and we're seeing a lion, but they see a lion cub. And yes. it, it their their experience can be totally different. Yeah. And especially for those of us that really want to learn, you know, thanks for Jan for the Bravo. And I'll tell you for, for those of you that are here and you hear me say that, and it's scary, it's scary. It was scary the first time that I did it. And then I realized if I'm really committed to growth and I'm really committed to being the best leader, like you can do this as with your kids, you can do it with your partner. Right? I've done it and all. What's it like for you to be married to me? What's it like for you to be, be my daughter? Right. I mean, I've gotten feedback before that was like, well, mom, you treat me like an employee. I've, I've actually had a few family members share that with me before. Right. And and it is it does sting. And it's really useful for me to know. Right. Like when I know that that's their truth, Vanessa, to your point that, you know, are we looking at the lion cub or Mufasa? Right. Like, you know, if I if I understand how I'm showing up and the way that it impacts them, that's really useful if I'm con- if I'm committed to my own learning journey. And that's the best source of development for me as a human, for me, right? Um, and if you can come to it from that place, it becomes uh, less less scary. I love it. Cynthia, you're with me. My kids say that to all the time. I'm like, clean up your room or I'll put you on a performance improvement plan. Well, and I, I, I like one of the things that you're hitting on is you're, you're engaging the whole person with this. Yes. You're not just engaging the day-to-day, you're engaging them personally 
because that's important because we all have our day-to-day outside of work. So are you engaging the person as a whole and your approach that you're explaining to everyone here really does that? Yeah, it, it is important because especially in today's society, there's a lot of things that are happening that are great distractions. And so oftentimes if somebody is showing up not as engaged, the first question I always love to ask is, are you okay? What's going on for you? Right. And really using the one-on-one to kind of ferret that out. What's going on in your world? What's happening? You know, how's your family? This is where you always want to take rigorous notes about your team members, right? Their favorite custard, you know, their favorite animals, their favorite shows, right? I, you know, you really kind of have to take notes. And then that way you come to a place in the one-on-one where you can really be thoughtful about asking them about how they're doing. And, you know, when was the last time somebody genuinely and authentically asked how you are and just listened to you. Like I always think some of the greatest gifts we can give to each other is just being quiet and, and asking questions and listening. You don't have to give anything back, but just the gift of having somebody else feel heard can, can really be powerful in driving engagement. That's, that's really important because sometimes we, we do ask that question of like, how are you? And then we get kind of that general answer. So how do you really help that person see that you generally care? And sometimes it's asking the question twice or rephrasing it and saying, how are you today? And separating out all the many things and saying, okay, how are you right now? Yeah, because, you know, to Jan's point in here, love without truth is hypocrisy. Truth without love is brutality. And I I would encourage us, at least what I've kind of come to, I don't know if it's right or wrong, is, um, oh, I love this too. What has become clearer to you since we met last? That's a great question. Deeper than how are you? Um, you know, is is there is no truth, right? Y'all know I have two girls, they're seven and nine. And they're, they're really loving to argue and fight with each other a lot. And it's like, so-and-so said this to me. So this was last night. Um, you know, she called me a sassy teenager. She called me a sassy baby. And they were both mad at each other. One hates the word sassy and one hates the word teenager. And it was the tone that drove this crazy outcome in their emotions as they went through it. And what's interesting is there's no truth between them. Each of them have a perspective of what the truth is. And then there's this messy middle space. And so, you know, when they're afraid to say things to each other or afraid to give feedback to me or their teacher, whoever it is, it's just knowledge of how they perceive the the situation. It doesn't mean that it's true. It's just how they're experiencing one aspect of what's happening. And as leaders that are driving engagement, I think it's priceless to go seek out that information and hear what they're experiencing from their perspective. From that place, you can do so much inside your organizations. Yes. Well, I want to, I want to, uh, address Megan's question. Uh, Megan, you had asked, would love any tips on engagement for a team that have a very dense work day without much time at all for small conversations of personal chatting? Yeah, I love this one. And that's where I would invite you to make it less dense, you know, invite you at least to create five or 10 minutes or these Slack channels where you pick a theme for the year and you encourage people on Zoom, you know, to take a picture with their water bottle. You don't even need to send them water bottles, right? You could just say like, hey, as as our Warrior of Wellness challenge this week, let's all drink as much water on Zoom calls as we can and post a picture with our teams into the Slack channel 
right? So that takes 30 seconds to snap the screenshot and post it in a Zoom and build connection around it. Or say, hey, who's the yoga teacher in, um, you know, that can teach us a course? And if your team isn't remote, I would do yoga here in the office on the days that I was here. I'd have um, one of my teammates' uh, partners teaches yoga. So I'd invite her to come in and anyone that was here that day could do yoga or people would go on runs or I would take five minutes and do a walking meeting. You know, that's another thing to break up a dense workday. I don't know about you all, but I've brought the old school phone back. I want to get off Zoom and I, if I'm not meeting in person, I just want to walk and talk on the phone if I don't need to be looking at something. Thing, right. And I think that's a great way to create engagement, get people outside, take a picture of where you're walking and meeting and post it into the channel and talk about, especially here in Utah, fall is beautiful. So, you know, get out where fall is. Yes. And take a picture of where you are. And I am, I'm actually more engaged on phone in most cases than I am on big, big Zooms, um, big, big Zooms for hours and hours are death for me. I don't know about all of you. I love the, the, the walking one-on-ones. Those are always just, it's a good refresher. You get some fresh air, change of environments, and it's its a nice reset. It is a nice reset. A nice reset. And, it, you know, for those of you in retail, don't, you know, don't discount asking people what they need right? The employee is our customer. The employee is driving our customer experience. Go and have a a sit down in person or in Zoom or on the phone, whatever works for you and say, what would drive more engagement? And why is engagement important? And how do you define engagement? And how do you want it to be? And you'll be amazed with the ideas that come up. And I think you all have heard me say this before, but I'll try just about anything for 30 days, right? Manage, measure it, so you can show whether it's worked or not, get feedback on it, iterate and, and keep going. And Michelle asks a really good question is we have people who feel they can't take a vacation or sick leave because there's too much uh, to do and no one to back them up. Uh, they don't feel like they can walk or anything else. Any thoughts on helping them? So Michelle, I want to know how often you take vacation, sick leave and walk during your meetings and how often your founder and CEO does the same. I'll tell you one of the most impactful books, um, it's Reed Hoffman talks about Netflix. It's one of his more recent books. And he talks about, um, you know, being the example of vacation. So when he goes on vacation, he comes back and he posts into his channel, like, here's where I went, here's what I did. But team members will not take time off if you as the leader are not showing that you can take time off, that you can be sick, and that, um, you know, you'll go outside and do walking meetings. So you have to be the start of that. So I know, uh, Diana, I'll have to look and um, remind myself, I have to go through my Audible, and I'll, I'll post the information about this Reed Hoffman book, where he talks about it, um, for sure. Yeah. Do you you have any final thoughts as we wrap up? Yeah. So final thoughts, if we put a bow on, on all of this is first define what engagement is for your organization and why it matters to your mission, vision, and values. And then when you decide why it's important and what it means, how will an engagement strategy drive performance in your business? And where are the things that you want to drive engagement around? Pick one thing. Maybe it's just greater connection and relationships. Maybe it's it's through an acquisition. Maybe it's greater connection to a product or to your customer. But decide what it is and then implement some different things that you can manage and measure throughout a quarter or a month 
and put it into action and get some things going because engagement does drive productivity and does drive profitability and growth in our organizations, which I think it's something we're all committed to. So excited for y'all to try on some of the things that we shared here in the channel. Thank you for the awesome feedback in the channel. So much we can learn from each other here. Super grateful and let us know what's working for you. Any other final thoughts from you, Vanessa? No, I thought this was a fun discussion. We talked a lot about food. And so if anybody hasn't eaten yet today, I'm sure everyone's going to be snacking after this. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much and have a super day. Thanks for joining us for HR Unplugged. This series is brought to you by Bambu HR. Visit us at bambuhr.com slash HR dash unplugged for video versions of the podcast, additional resources, and to learn more about how Bambi HR sets people free to do great work.